0: Special edition, Dream Preview Pod. We're not previewing. We're looking at the world of sports betting, circa 2021, May, whatever date it is. It's Thursday taping, release on Friday. Matty Holt joins usintegrity.com. He chases the bad guys trying to fix games. You know, Matt, like I was saying on radio, I hate fixed games if I'm not in on it. I hate him, period. <laughs> just... Well, you've been a bookmaker, and now you're uh, fighting crime. Dragnets. you know, it's funny. Dragnet's so out of it or, or so old now, even if we had the music. I think people would still get it. The Dragnet music? Sure. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I think we should do something with that. So today, I felt like looking at the industry, there's been more changes in the last three months just reevaluation of so much. You're the guy that understands the markets the best, I think that I know. When it kind of get 40 minutes or so, what's happening in these markets? So we can talk about anything you want. You're gonna lead the way. What I will say is I'm gonna record after Friday's SOV show, maybe 20, 25 minutes on the schedule and really digging in. And uh, that will be up on Saturday then or overnight Friday. Remember, guys, we're going to be doing a lot more pods. We got a huge announcement, a game changer next week uh, about bringing on some talent. And that's going to be another example why we got more pods. So just subscribe. Just go to your favorite player, whatever you listen to the pod on. Make sure you're subscribed because you're going to be getting some bonus pods starting today and tomorrow topic number 1 what and let's go consumer customer perspective for the listener
1: and i feel like we're going to have to do 15 of these to really cover all the areas but one that i think has really flourished since the that we've seen in the 3 years now cuz it's been 3 years since the repeal of passed by i mean we're almost literally on the anniversary of 3 years now has um, been the regional availability. So you know, you go to a local car race or a local boxing match or a local MMA fight or a local soccer match, and you could never bet on it. It would never be on any betting board anywhere. But what we're seeing is more regional partnerships and and we're see, you know we work with some folks in Tennessee who we help get approvals and do integrity for some of these leagues. Where suddenly there's a regional MMA event, and you're going to go because you're an MMA fan, or you're a boxing fan, or you're a car racing fan. And how, how can I bet on these events? Because they're not mainstream, and they're not on ESPN, but I'm going there. I bought a ticket, and wouldn't it make that experience for that consumer who already bought a ticket even more fun if they could also wager on the event? And now we're starting to see that happen. And I think it's great for the consumer and it's going to revitalize regional sports scene, which for a while was dead. We weren't seeing any new leagues. I mean, it was either you were one of the big sports leagues and you were getting TV money or you were non-existent. And these promoters were like scrapping to get, you know, barely make by with ticket revenue alone. Wagering offers more engagement with fans and thus more revenue for everybody.
0: Give me a specific example of a hyper local situation like this.
1: Sure. So one of our, uh, you know, operators who is one of our sportsbook clients, they're named Action Two Four Seven in Tennessee, and they do some. They have a regional partnership with a small MMA uh, promotion called Showcase MMA. And the people love going and watching all the fights. And similar to a UFC card, you probably get, you know, 8 to 12 fights. Well, why can't I bet on these 8 to 12 fights? And Showcase says, well, if people could bet on it legally, probably more people would come. And the UFC here locally and the XFL in its
0: first iteration and the second, we're very much thinking gambling can drive interest in our sport. And and, uh, the UFC, for example, was very friendly towards... You know, uh, providing commentators to go on radio shows that were gambling based. Anik went on our show a bunch here when it was local ESPN. Um, same concept. You would agree. Except gambling can drive interest.
1: Yes, except even in its inception years, UFC was so much bigger and had Mm -hmm. more money behind it than these smaller promotions. But the idea now that smaller promoters can use wagering as a way to attract fans to these, you know, what we'll call regional small sports that are never going to be on ESPN is a wonderful opportunity. And it gives people a reason to get out and attend sporting events. And if they're getting out to attend sporting events, then there's going to be more sporting events locally. So regional partnerships is something that three years ago I didn't really think about, but now we're seeing it pop up everywhere across the country, and I think it's great for the consumer.
0: Where can you bet at the venue? Yeah, of course, on your mobile app. Mobile app, So
1: Tennessee is uh, 100% online only. They don't have any physical brick-and-mortar wagering locations in the state. It's 100% online. So everything's done. You just download the mobile app at the venue. They set up deposit stations there so you can make a deposit. And boom, there you go. You're betting. Uh, and we're seeing it all over the, the the country in all these different venues where these small regional sporting events, people are attending them now because they have the abil- availability to wager on them.
0: And it seems obvious, but just to be sure, that the book itself would be the odds maker. They're the originator. Yes. Sure. My first thought is corruption. Right. Because a local dog track, you're going to have a lot more shenanigans because what's the old thing? Follow the money. Right. So how much is these fighters? You know, if you're a low level fighter, fourth on that card, you're
1: making what? A thousand bucks. Yeah. Well, that's why you have to make sure there's integrity in place. And and
0: that's my question is, is are the limits like extremely low? How are they accounting? How are they attempting to um, uh, combat? The potential, Like in
1: that particular uh, instance, you know, the the actual promotion hires a company like mine, U.S. Integrity, to come in. We talk to the fighters. We we see every bet happening on the fight, so we look for any abnormalities within the wagering. We tell them that even if you just change your style, not just fix the fight, but you're a grappler and a promoter, or someone says, we want you to stand up and trade blows with this guy, well, well you're manipulating the match then. And it's basically match so fixing. So
0: Rocky... When he went to for, to a right hander in two, remember, to protect his bad eye, that would have been you would have been knocking and say, Mickey, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know Rocky too, right? Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. What about like a small soccer league? I think it's great. I mean, what I'm saying is, do you see that being where they partner? Because then you got teams in multiple states, so maybe there's not all the states have legal betting, but in general, these sport these not struggling, but the non-major sports leagues, gambling's a way in general to increase interest.
1: We're seeing it across the board, whether it's beach volleyball or car racing or MMA or boxing or so many of these different sports. I I forget the name of it so I don't want to say it bad. The one where they throw the sack cornhole or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's doing big ba- I'm strong at that
0: people.
1: people want to be able to wager when they go to these things and the fact that you can now makes them more engaging, makes more sponsorship dollars available and makes more Regional events for all these people.
0: I just had a vision. If Mackenzie played that, the odds would be even money if he lost a tooth from like falling <laughs> when he was trying. I, I mean, he. Would you say you're the least coordinated person
1: in the country? You know, at small fine coordination like tying your shoes or handwriting, but I'm actually pretty decent at throwing a ball around.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm RJ Bell. That's Mackenzie Rivers. We got Maddie Holt here. At U.S. Integrity. Okay. <laughs> Topic two.
1: I would say it's the speed in which some of these states are opening up. Everybody always predicted it was going to take 10 years for all the states to opening. But here we are just three years in and 21 states taking bets, another seven that already have legislation passed. So, Pandemic the driver? I don't know that pandemic is is, is just the driver because they were moving fast anyway. And my only worry with the states moving so fast, and some of the newer ones I think are doing a little bit better job, is they're taking their time – with things like integrity and AML and some of the policies. AML that is? Anti-money laundering. They really want to make sure that you have everything in place. And I felt like early on everyone was in a bit of a rush to open, and we don't always see the best integrity protocols in every state. Or, um, But we're starting to see more and more the states coming on board. Washington, who's just about to open, that'll be the next state where you see you know, a state that's not taking bets today that will be, Washington State will be one of the next, and they're going to do big numbers there.
0: Let me hit you with a few states, and you can give me the estimated month that they are le- uh, up and that running. That they take
1: their first bet.
0: California. I'm going to start, uh, start with a tough one.
1: September 2022.
0: So, like, 18, less than 18 months. Yeah. Ooh. Texas
1: uh spring 2023 march 2023 wow that is
0: optimistic i've heard people down there say they don't think it ever happens you think it happened right now it's a mess no is it is it the conservative values or is it political or is it they got to spread the they, money they right?
1: have it built into their const they have some anti gambling built into their constitution that would have to change they have, a lot, the taxes, man. Yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of stuff they have to fix so
0: <laughs> um california is more about And correct me if I'm wrong, the uh, the Indian contingents and in the various uh, ways that uh, it would be competitive with with that.
1: Yeah, tribal negotiations. So at That's the end of tribal. the day, what's happening right now is the the tribes don't have to pay any taxes. So in, on their and they have casinos inside. Correct. So, but where it becomes tricky and troublesome is say that you allow sports betting. Now the federal laws around you know tribal gaming act uh, um, say that you don't. You're allowed to facilitate all this gaming on tribal lands. But everybody wants mobile now when you have sports betting. So then technically, those all those bets wouldn't be facilitated on tribal lands because people anywhere in California could bet. But it would be the tribes getting licensed. And there's a lot of issues with the tribal compacts that they're going to have to work out. But I, they, eventually, they'll get them worked out.
0: And finally, if I'm not mistaken, Florida's still on up, right?
1: Florida has the same problem. So the Seminole tribe, they tried to grant permission for them to be able to launch, but then the the feds came in and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you give the Seminole tribe um, you know, mobile betting throughout the state, then essentially they're not following their tribal compact which says all wagering must be done on tribal lands." So it's it's getting tricky there.
0: There was a lot of fear that the five percent theoretical hold, now obviously more on parlays and such, wasn't going to be enough that all these greedy politicians were going to be like expecting a ton of money. and there wasn't a much as much to whack up. So has there been any would you say in general, the states are offering fair? offerings to the players or do you see that the desire for the money is maybe making because i don't think there's been any like minus 120s no but has in general it's been kept reasonable
1: yeah and it has to now that doesn't mean any of the companies are making money the product that the actual consumer is getting uh in terms of odds tends to be fair in most states now When it comes to what we call index bets, um, obviously we know that in index style bets, some of these books build in a massively differentiating hold percentage. So this would be like the Super Bowl future. Yeah, odds to win the Super Bowl. I mean, some books will literally hold over 50% theoretical hold in those markets, uh, which isn't a good deal to the customers, and some will go as low as 10%. Yeah,
0: I remember in your former life, Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. You used to jump on my ESPN show as Maddie Holt. You tried to be Matthew. That did not fly with me. (laughs) Maddie. And I remember one NCAA tournament in which I said, So where's the exposure at? You said, Well, if UCLA wins it, we'll break even. And if Duke wins it, we'll lose a little. It's like, What up? That's it. 64 or whatever it was, like 66 or uh, what is 68 it? 68 teams. 68 teams. You had one push, one loser, and the rest winners. That And that wasn't a crazy hole. It just shows you those future pools are a are, are gold mine. Yeah. But still, 30% is not enough. You're saying – and now the question is – Typically, is the player price-sensitive to that kind of thing? Or are they just like, oh, 3-1, that's fine. And I know they're not crazy, you know, extremely price-sensitive, but are they more so or less so than you might think?
1: They're becoming a lot more price-sensitive, and... You know, good for people like Matt Metcalf at Circa and and Jay Cornegay at the Westgate. And I bring up those names because I've seen Matt Metcalf and Jay post their actual hold percentage on different markets. On this PGA, you know, odds to win the Masters, we're going to book it at 12% or whatever. And then you know, going into it, what the theoretical hold is without having to do the math. Because on a market like golf where there's 100 guys, who wants to do that? Uh, I like the fact that they're they're going out there and telling you what they're booking it at. But... I mean, for sure, through the history of Nevada, there's certainly been some books on the Strip where their theoretical hold on those index-style future markets are literally over 50%.
0: And here's the question. There's certain people that care and certain people who don't. The people who care are not particularly negative EV. And as much as we say 3% of gamblers win money long term, sports bettors, that's probably a, a percentage I can accept. If anything, it's less than that but there's probably double that, if not a little bit more, that break even. That they lose maybe a smidge, they win, or, you know, but in general they're going to be like they're not take. you know, the true odds should be minus 4, minus 107, and they're minus 4, minus 110. And that in the long run you're not making anything from them. So then you got the rest of the people that you're making all the money from. Those are the ones that aren't price sensitive. So in a weird way, why do something that hurts you? If I'm an operator, right, and I'm not thinking—I'm not a player. I'm not thinking about the player's welfare. I'm thinking about being fair and honest. But I, hey, listen—if I got a, a, a special loaf of bread, and I want to sell it for ten bucks. Someone buys it. As long as I'm being honest about it, I'm being honest about it. I don't. Is it economically sound to worry about the people on Twitter with 18 followers complaining about the whole percentage?
1: Well, at some point, yeah. Because if you don't, you because you sort of become the horse racing model in the U.S., where we're going to gouge everyone and we're going to have a 25% takeout, and nobody cares. Trust us, nobody cares. No, no, people aren't really price sensitive. Mm. But that that mar- I mean, horse racing is deteriorating rapidly, and it's not just because of the the pricing issues. There's a lot of things that go into the negativity. I think that's there, a big chunk of it. Though. But it's the biggest chunk of it. Is that takeout the the new better today? Like 25% on exotics, right? Yeah, the 25-year-old better today. He knows what the takeout is on these things where we didn't. When we were 21, we didn't really.
0: I got to be honest with you. I think we overestimate the intelligence of the better. And when I say intelligence, I don't mean raw IQ. I don't mean wisdom. I mean their knowledge of betting.
1: And well, help. they have so much more knowledge available to them. We didn't have Twitter and everything else. Now the 25-year-old better has it in his face every day what the takeout percentage is everywhere. And after a while, it matters. I, if I have options and I could bet at 10 different places and one place is gouging me for 25% and one's uh, gouging I, me.
0: I think you're doing something with the gouging. I hear you. And first of all, let me say something. I'm a batter. I've never booked in my life, not a single bet as a bookie, and I never. I can't imagine I ever will. If anything, what I feel good about is being a player advocate. But I'm a realist. If I'm a business, is it? Are they incentivized to compete on price? Is DraftKings compete? I mean, let's let's transition to Jersey because I think it's fair to say, and you can tell me if you agree, Jersey has exceeded all expectations. When it comes to the ambition of these companies, the size, the effort, the advertising budget, and quite frankly, the handle, would you say in general, Jersey's exceeded all expectations? Uh, most of them, yes. So which ones do you think have fallen short?
1: Well, I think at the end of the day, three years in, as a market starts to mature, when their population is 10x Nevada, but they're doing 1.5, you know, at some point, population should be relevant to your handle.
0: But uh, I mean, how do you account for all the tourists, right? What
1: percentage of the Nevada handle do you think are tourists? Yeah, probably a fair percent. Yeah. But 70% of bets now are taken on mobile devices in the state of Nevada. It's not tourists. Well, 70% of all bets taken in the state of Nevada take place on mobile devices.
0: Now, is that numbers from the pandemic? Well, it has to be, right? So, I mean, I guess Even
1: that- before the pandemic, it was 60. Really? Yeah. Wow. When I was a Cantor, it was like 55. So what percentage it was almost in 16? general
0: would you say, and this is a guess, are tourists and what percentage are residents of Nevada, of the year's handle? I would say it's like 65, 35 uh, residents. But if that's the case, you're assuming then that either all residents are betting 100% on an app or there's a lot of... Not non- that they're
1: betting 100% well, on an app. But,
0: but. but what I'm saying is then there must be a lot of non-locals betting on apps when they come to town.
1: Some of them could do when they come Because that's, to that's
0: the thing I've heard people talk about: is they come to town three times a year. They got their app. They show up. You know, Couple, so, some of them do. That's interesting. Um, okay, would you agree? In let's Jer-
1: face it, that we always had more betters. You know, 15 years ago, if you wanted to be a pro bettor in the U.S., you had one option: move to Nevada.
0: Yeah, and you were most likely you had offshore stuff. But if any were legislated, it was going to be yeah. here in the U.S. Would you agree that the offerings? I mean things just like the buyout, you know, the the, uh, the ability to take a future and cash out. That that they've been ambitious. The, the 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 DraftKings fan doing the books in Jersey.
1: Oh, unbelievably, the menus have gone through a massive expansion and overhaul. And uh, and we always talked about it in Nevada. It was the biggest complaint constantly. Why can't we bet on any of these things? And now you can bet on them everywhere. And the amount that you can wager on, just go pull up any of the Nevada apps and look what you can bet on on one NBA or baseball game and then pull up DraftKings in New Jersey, and they have 100 bets on the same game. It's night and day. But that's what people elsewhere outside of Nevada, everywhere else, that's what they've come to expect now. But Nevada's trailing, lagging. We're starting to trail, yes. How much of that do you think? The problem is we've had so many chairmen of the Nevada Gaming Control Board I mean, we've had what five in seven years, and that—how does that hinder things? Well, you don't get any continuity. It takes those people so much time to even get in, get their feet under them. Um, some but, of it—that's it, to like approve a new type of bat, or
0: like, where does the lack of continuity hurt?
1: I think, in new technology approvals and new processes. Plus, at the end of the day, you have to put regulations in place that your constituents want, that serve your constituents. And what do the constituents here with real lobbying power want? They want to drive traffic to brick-and-mortar casinos for tourism because that's our industry. But at the end of the day, the consumer wants to be able to pick up his phone app like he can in almost every other state across the country except Nevada, and make a deposit using his debit card and then withdraw it without having to go to the casino. And here, the fact that we make you go to the casino for both withdrawals and deposits have us light years behind the industry.
0: Is it a debit card only in most of these states? It can't be a credit card? Or do
1: they have all kinds of payment processing Because options? I see a
0: huge... I mean, if they're letting people put money on a credit card that's charging them 20%, I mean, what I'm saying is it. it it's the recipe i think for some issues uh,
1: look i don't yeah at the end of the day i don't want to get into what's better no, I, or best yeah. out of you know which type of payment pr- methods because there's so many um you know between paypal and venmo and all these different ways to get to transfer funds now it's not just credit card debit card cash anymore yeah, but at there's least literally it's like those 30 play. ways but if
0: it's those play i guess to me the question and listen
1: i what's I, the difference I, if you connect your paypal to your credit card or debit card how does the end purchaser know they don't Well, I
0: guess the question—and I don't know every—I guess here would be what I think an interesting distinction should be, and not that you have any great expertise in this, or maybe there's political issues at stake. I don't know. In general, if you're betting your own money, it's hard hard to get in too much trouble, right? If you're betting on the come, effectively on credit, that's where you get into trouble. You bet on the come on credit and have 20% getting vigged on it after— That's what you see on The Sopranos, right? So I love the convenience. It's just – and listen, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Meaning I'm not like some, oh, my God, that guy's going to bet too much. The fact that they're even allowing that in some states I think is a good sign of the – The taboo is gone at this point. Oh, gone. I mean, the radio stations, it's almost, you know, it's a half of the advertisements are gambling. Yes. In New York, for example, you know, around Jersey. Okay. Last thing on Nevada. Would you say that, and it's my belief that, and I think it was 1976 is when they changed the percentage from, it was like 1% of every bet down to a quarter or something. Yes. And then there was a big influx around, you know, my... Old neck of the woods, Steubenville, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Youngstown, the circle there. Everyone comes out. You know, a lot of people, Jimmy Vaccaro, in that mix. And now they were probably between 22 and 30 at the time coming out to make their fortune. Now those guys are 65 to 75 and, and beyond. It feels like we're going to get a lot of new blood running the sports books here. You know, going from being number two to number one. Do you think that helps? and what changes do you think come from that in Nevada?
1: I think fantasy sports first of all which we all, you know, were kind of you shaky on is a regulated gaming. I was nervous about where fantasy stood for years. Cancer did a lot with that. We did. Initially, right? Yeah. But now I think what it's done is it's it's taken people, you know, you've taken people out of that side of it cuz let's face it FanDuel and DraftKings just 3 years ago were massive fantasy companies. They weren't. They didn't participate in regulated sports betting in any way, but because they had that mindset to be creative and offer all those different things, it was easy for them to transition into. You should be able to bet on everything and every player. And because they already were, you know, we just saw Art Terrace, a legend, retire this week. You know, officially is retired. And I heard that one of the things he said to people was. You know, he couldn't do it. He wasn't going to be that guy to offer a hundred different prop bets on the Lakers Clippers tonight, and and deal all these different contests and props and promotions. And you know he he just grew up as a bookmaker. You know the spread on the game is, and that's not that's not what people do anymore. There's three hundred different ways to bet every game. And the world is changing. But some of them embraced it. Look at Johnny Avello at DraftKings. I, I, I had him on a few shows, and his energy level is through the roof at his age. So I don't think it has anything to do with age. I just think it's an embracing yeah, a new Johnny's way to bet. Johnny's a little
0: younger than that. I mean, he's on the young end of that crowd too, right? I mean, I know – I I guess I'm not trying to do – just when I think of the old-timers – John, and maybe the point with Johnny too was he was so ambitious, you know, at the win. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He he did the world openers in in, uh, college football for years and years. Okay. Um, One last thing about the player friendly and all that. These sports books, the ambitious ones, are losing money out the wazoo. Right now. Right now. But it's a long game for them. For sure. So explain, you know, it's a, it's a land grab. It's, it's, to me, the analogy would be AOL in 1999. Everyone got those discs, and it was like 60 bucks to acquire a customer. Everyone, how can this work? Well, for AOL, it got them half a Time Warner. That didn't necessarily work out. But the theory is whoever comes out on
1: top... That it's gonna be such a big win, it's worth it. Well, let's look at the fantasy market, because we're making some comparisons here. You know, in, in like 2017, I think there was like three hundred and seventy fantasy operators that were registered as fantasy operators, you know, they weren't exactly regulated, so it's hard to get exact numbers. And now in four years later in twenty twenty one, there's like what, ten? Is that right? Yeah. So what we're going to see the same thing in sports betting, where I think we have 64 regular, uh, registered, regulated, licensed operators in the United States right now. Licensees, unique ones. No. Or
0: how many of those broadly are in one state?
1: It, it's different in every state. Like New Jersey has over 30. Colorado has 38. Um, but
0: some of these names we haven't heard of necessarily are they typically in more than one state
1: or just one state? Some of them are just one state. Some of them are in a lot of states. It, it depends, right? And are
0: they being super ambitious? Are they trying to, or are they kind no, of not everybody. bookmaking?
1: Let's face it. DraftKings can spend the money they do on promotions because of the stock situation. They have, what a, what, a $20 billion valuation? Yeah, I mean, basically they're spending free money. And as long as you're spending free money, you can blow it on advertising. And at the end of the day, you just hope you acquire customers. If you're just running trying to run a profitable profitable business, You need to be more creative. You probably can't do the same promotion, so you expand your menu. You offer as much as you can. You offer some regionalized sports that maybe other people aren't. Try to connect with your customers. There's a lot of different things people can do.
0: You know, not naming any specific names, but if you look at the online sportsbook world 10 years ago, there was a lot of guys running major books that the allegedly, allegedly – we're running big operations in, let's say, New York or California that were illegal. And then they figure, why not go to Costa Rica or whatever? Allegedly. Do you think locally, if I'm a big bookie in Colorado, does it economically make sense for me to get my license and, and operate pretty much the same way but legally? Good luck getting your license. It's going to be because of that background check or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So you're not getting much of that then. I
1: can't even explain, and I've gone through licensing many times now. I can't explain how difficult it is.
0: The the background check.
1: Yeah, and the scrutiny. I mean, they'll bring up parking tickets from 30 years ago. Why did you get this? There's nothing that doesn't get disclosed on there. The idea of an illegal bookie just suddenly going down to the town town hall and registering is 100% impossible.
0: But let's not, as the kids say, get it twisted. There's some regulated book, or at least one, if I'm not mistaken, in Jersey. And again, if this may or may not be something you have insight into, that they were operating offshore, right? Yeah, talk to the New Jersey regulators. Exactly. I mean, so what I'm saying is, is uh, like in Godfather Three when he goes, "All of your family's sins will be washed away." Oh man, Godfather Three. Where where do you
1: stand on Godfather Three? uh i really i i wasn't too into it yeah i mean one and two were so good and three that's
0: the thing i think three was like maybe the fifth best movie of that year it just the by the way have you watched the death of michael Corleone, which is the recut of it it's on amazon no, I, I don't so watch coppola, that many movies coppola went in, it's the Godfather. coppola went in and recut the whole
1: movie Kind of interesting. I mean, I saw the movie. I just didn't watch the recuts of the... You well, know, listen, you're not
0: very I didn't cool. make it. I guess I'm
1: not. I've never once claimed to be hip.
0: No, I mean, no one else either claimed yeah. you were I mean, hip. I have.
1: Like, that's a consensus. I am, su- I am the old dad, four kids. Uh, there's nothing hip about me. You've been feeling
0: your oats lately. Me. I mean, we had a meeting a while back with, last week with Maddie, and uh, AJ was in town. AJ goes... Well, he's got a big ego, doesn't he? I said, he's feeling his oats right now. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you're going to show up with a sunglasses suit. Or are you going to get a Corvette at any point? Like, no, like
1: no, a no. Porsche? No, I'm totally not a car guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to finish up here with
0: Maddie Holt, U.S. Integrity. <sighs> so the books are going for a land grab, which makes sense. They got the money behind them from the uh, stock market. Nevada's behind, but do you think that – here's my question. In five years from now, how many states – let's start there. How many states will be legal? Forty-five. So there's going to be Utah and a handful of others.
1: Utah, Alaska, Hawaii. Why Hawaii? Oh, they just – they won't be able to get anything done.
0: Do you know – you probably know this. Hawaii has per capita the most sports betters in the country.
1: I don't think they'll get it done there. But did you know that? No. That it's crazy. I guess they're all betting illegally, and always have. I don't call it. Let's not say illegally with a sneer. Well, if you're That's in the, the United way, States, and you're not is, betting at a regulated book. Betting is illegally for
0: a long time—that was the only way people can bet. Okay. So let's not cast aspersions now that you're Joe Friday here. I'm not saying you're supposed to support it, but you know. All right. So those states, forty-five. Does that increase the number of national like the to me the advertisings the reason DraftKings and FanDuel can do national stuff is they've got the ancillary hey even if someone's not betting sports yet they can get into the daily fantasy the William Hills
1: and stuff And I saw a stat and I forget the number so I don't want to quote it I hate that but, but what it was, was it like just? it was like 82% of the population is either lives in a state where sports betting is legal or is within 2 hour drive to get somewhere where sports betting is legal. Yeah, but I
0: mean to drive 2 hours to bet that day then drive back. I mean that's tough, right? Obviously. Yeah. But I think what we're saying is soon enough it's going to be almost everywhere. Everywhere. And do you think that helps the national advertising and just the way? Of course, way- it does. Okay, do you? Is there? A, is that the reason no other book seems like other? But than the J- regional
1: advertising advertisers are being helped now too. For sure, local yes. radio for sure. Yes,
0: I'm national
1: though, so I'm always worried about that and podcasting. But national- a lot of regional radio is dying. This could be a rejuvenation of some of it. I
0: agree. I agree. I actually agree. A good. I mean, all you got to do is hear on like ESPN New York the percentage of ads yep. that, that are that
1: now. I wonder when they might crack down. You remember, we just saw it in Europe, in the UK, especially where the percentage of ads that were gambling got to a point where,
0: oh, the government came in and said you can't have this many
1: ads. It got to be too much. It got to be overwhelming.
0: Well, like, that's interesting. Now, has any who's been the third most ambitious? Other than DraftKings and FanDuel, meaning it seems like that's way down the list. And William Hill is someone that spent a lot of money.
1: I don't know. Don't I don't have... know that they're that ambitious. The, I just the, the think. Two, the two FanDuel DraftKings. Yeah, I just think they're spending ungodly well, amounts of I mean, money. I mean, I, I guess that's the Well, impression. I guess if you get this, yeah, if you get this public, publicly listed company going for that. Uh, ambitious in terms of what are they doing? Promotions? Well, I, I guess maybe
0: spending the money.
1: Yeah, they spend it on ads. They did when they were fantasy companies. That's continued as as sports betting companies.
0: Now, when it comes to William Hill, there were some transactions.
1: now Caesars. Now, so explain that transaction. So, Caesars Interactive purchased William Hill. And it's taken a while. That, I mean, that transaction happened in 2020.
0: And how, is that public how much it went for? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Mackenzie, look that up real quick. See... But um, would you say that if you were a William Hill investor five years prior, was it a, a jumbo return? Yeah, I mean, Joe Ashford retired. Well, I think you're, if you own almost all of it, or, or majority, you're good. He retired off the lawsuit, though. Right? <laughs> so, but um, uh, so, and they have a deep deal with ESPN. Yes. Okay, so it's almost like a, what we're seeing is these
1: partnerships between big media and the individual sports. Yes. Board. Barstool with Penn and DraftKings with Vsin and um the uh the podcast that they just bought the distribution rights to uh Lebitard. Lebitard. Now, do you
0: see that that the uh, premiums that are being paid like the Ring or Action Network. Action Network, those kind of premiums it feels like is driven by how much appetite there is for sports book advertising 100
1: percent. okay and, and the ability for all those firms to engage with uh with potential sports bettors
0: if i'm a sports batter in jersey and i decide to try to be extra smart about bonuses and whatever can you can you get to break even like is there a way to be an advantaged player but not be a great handicapper because of all the offerings
1: oh yeah so we'll, oh, of course, we'll be right gonna, now. Maybe I we'll mean, look, DraftKings is public now, and they reported, what, Q4 losses of like $350 million? We have it hot off the wire.
0: How much do they sell for? $4 billion. Caesar Entertainment. Wow, $4 billion. So William Hill came over here, bought and up— And their
1: name isn't William Hill anymore. It's now Caesars everywhere. Okay. They bought up Lucky's— Right, Vaquero was there. Yeah, Cal Neva was the big one. Was Cal Neva, or that's so that where... was almost all up in Reno, yeah. Though, well, right? you had to own a casino at the time, you had to run ah, that's okay. a... you couldn't have just an online or an app, you had to run a casino sports yeah.
0: Okay, so they
1: took over Cal Neva, that was their entrance way into that. And then there was the uh, uh, the... Leroy's and the uh, Brandywine,
0: yeah. So Leroy's. Bought those and
1: Leroy's had like seventy five locations, but yeah. very small locations yeah and and then th- otherwise, And brandywine was a little you know a lot of people don't know about it, but they like ran the Delaware sports lottery and okay so I those were the three it was Cal neva, Brandywine, and Leroy's
0: okay, so lucky's was that was that remember lucky's that vaquero was running?
1: No, I don't Oh, remember. they had, like... I don't remember a lot of this.
0: Yeah, look that... Maybe that's Brandywine and just the... Yeah, it, maybe. It was maybe the it was the company. Brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then did they have... And then they started doing deals kind of like... Um, you guys were at Cantor, which was the white label. Go in and say, yeah. you don't need
1: to run this book. We'll run it for except you. Except we try, except different models. So yeah. William Hill said, look, we're going to do everything on the app. We're going to try to give you a big menu of stuff to bet on. We don't really want the sharp business, so don't come here or we'll throw you out. And they did really well with it. Where Cantor said, we want to be on strip, high-end, brick-and-mortar properties, and if I could go back in time to 2010 and sit with my old CEO, Lee Madis, I would say, you know, Lee, let's not spend five million bucks on the Venetian sports book, mm-hmm. because brick and mortar, even on good days, those things sit open, sit dead, you know, without a person in them for 16 out of 24 hours a day.
0: And you guys tried to shift that model when it comes to the Cosmo, because, well, at least initially, where it was like. Only had like 12 seats in it. Yeah. But it was more or less a place to deposit the money.
1: Deposit money on the
0: app. And then take money out. And But, but then if you wanted to sit there, it was a great setup because they
1: had like four TVs a person. But you don't need strip properties for that. William yes. Hill had it right. Why go pay to be on these strip properties when in reality you just want to buy signage and have people download the app?
0: And did the the books themselves weren't bothered by the fact that there wasn't a brick and mortar real presence there? Because the, in a way, if they say, "Let's go down to the sportsbook, couple buddies," and there's nothing there except you got to sign up for the app.
1: Outside of Nevada, sports betting is done 95% on these on mm-hmm. your mobile devices. I mean,
0: so they took their expertise in Europe, yeah, brought it here. Bought these companies up. Now, did they have any other locations other than these companies? Well, PTs. They were in the PTs pubs. Now that's interesting because the PTs had a deal where you could deposit money, but you couldn't
1: withdraw. Originally, those kiosks in the pubs yeah. were two-way. Put money in, get a it was Tito, You know, ticket in, ticket out. Get your ticket. Put cash in, get a ticket. Ticket wins. Put the ticket back in, get cash out. But then they had the kill-the-kiosk bill, which was basically all the big brick-and-mortar casinos. Didn't want Cantor and William Hill taking all the business over to the pubs because it was much more convenient to go to a pub. And, you know, they have the game on and put cash in a machine. They want you to go to the sports books, So the lobbyists there got the kill-the-kiosk bill through. And then after that, all you could do at the PT's pubs was put money into a previously existing account. Over via the kiosk. So if you had a William Hill account, you didn't have any money on your mobile account, you could put money in the kiosk there and fund your mobile account.
0: Last topic. Which
1: is still easier than going to a casino because there was a hundred PTs pubs. So it's probably one closer to you.
0: Last topic is back to Vegas, because the story you just said, the details of that is why within within a company so blockbuster for example when netflix was starting to emerge they understood why not they had billions of dollars why not go and try to emulate netflix but then within the company you're hearing don't cannibalize our business if we if we're making all this money from this why would we lose money to do that and that's why in corporate america it's so hard for true innovation to happen with a legacy company cuz you've already got legacy interests yep the state of Nevada feels like that, where everything they... I mean, we could have been... Just think we could have had five years head start. On More these, than that. 2010, but I'm we saying had mobile the, apps approved. Yeah, the UX getting the, the, yeah. the a flow decade of money. Head start. Instead, it was always, no, let's let's hold this back, as, you know, bridle it back as far as we can. And now we're behind. Though I do think it's interesting, and I'll kind of make this a smorgasbord. You can talk about what you want, that... Nevada has had some great numbers. Uh, McKenzie came uh, uncovered or saw three of the last six months have been the three biggest months in the history. Of Nevada sports. Well,
1: rising tide raises all ships. But what's causing it? But but that's the thing. Everyone said, oh, if you can bet in Jersey, why would you come here? Well, there was still a stigma around sports betting for a while that sports betting was bad. And even though you could do it here, it was a sin, sort of. And look, where do we border? What's three hours away? LA. Mm -hmm. So we still have plenty of traffic here. I mean, most of the New Jersey money comes from New York.
0: But why? Why would legalization everywhere else, but not California, make Californians bet more in Nevada? Where else are they gonna go to bet?
1: But why would they bet more? Uh, they ju- because now it feels like it's not something dirty. You think to it's a so remove the taboo? Yeah. Okay. I think it's like anything else. There was speculation
0: the brick and mortars, riverboats, Indian stuff would affect the handle of the casinos way back when it acted as a farm system got people with a taste for the the video poker, so they came here and played it on the on the holiday. You think, I mean, if I'm betting sports in, in Colorado,
1: it makes me more likely to come to Vegas for March Madness. Sure, so, yeah, because it's a great destination. We're still the, one of the funnest weekends you can have. Come out to Vegas for the weekend. Nothing beats it. Go to Circa and watch games on that three-level screen. Unbelievable.
0: No doubt. Last question, five years from today, who are the big, are, are the biggest players in the game, the players we see now? Some of them for sure, I think. Or are there going to be new entrants?
1: Some of them will still be there. The DraftKings, MGMs, FanDuel, Caesars. So,
0: MGM, I haven't really seen or heard anything about their ambitions outside of Nevada. But
1: they put a lot of money into a partnership with GVC. And, and GVC is... GVC—it's a huge uh, global company that does sports betting all over the world. So
0: operational stuff, yes. Okay,
1: and GVC brought all their technology over, and and uh, you know the BetMGM app is everywhere,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and MGM takes big bets everywhere. In the sports betting. Yes. If you're a big better, you want to bet 100000 hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, 500000 a million bucks, MGM is probably one of the spots for you. They are very well known now, Jay as Rude, accommodating Rude, Jay huge Rude, bets.
0: who formerly was running that book, was known to take big bets. Big
1: bets. And you're saying the new operators are too. Yeah. When now, you see the Super Bowl bets or any of these big fight bets, and there are all these, most of them come from MGM. Here's the question, though. It's
0: one thing if I got attended. Hey, listen, if Bill Gates and Warren Buffett – Want to bet a billion each on something? As long as they're betting opposite, I'll book it. Yeah, right. So, the, <laughs> so the question is, is is if I go up on a college football game on Saturday and someone wants to bet three hundred dimes, does that get? I'm just using that number
1: as a big number that's not crazy. If it's Michigan, Ohio State, you're getting it. So, so, the, so they're ambitious. Look, that they cater to that crowd, the exactly. high end, and someone has to.
0: Now, is that cause of the table? Because Avello used to tell us, uh, and he was on the radio show a good bit is he would say, listen, if a guy's playing craps for 15000 a row, I might not want his $50,000 in these three games, but I got to take it. You got to take it. Because keep him happy. Yeah. MGM's, ta- even if someone's not playing any tables or whatever, they want the big bets.
1: Yeah, and they want to be known. That's going to be their role, I think, in sports betting. So why not stick with it? Yeah. I, it, it doesn't make those bettors any sharper because they're betting huge amounts. It just means they have more money to bet. But I would say in general – If I mean,
0: let's be candid. Cantor was known to take big bets, but if someone walks up that's betting 10,000, you might walk into Bobby's room and sit down and there's some crappy players. Chances are they're pretty good. They're betting big money, right? In
1: that case, yes.
0: But you're saying with sports betting, in general, the bigger the bet. There are some big
1: recreational players, yes. But there
0: is a correlation between sharpness and size of bet. Sure. Okay. You know, I agree. I mean, I hear, again, you know uh, infinitely more about behind the counter. Well, see, you guys didn't get to benefit from those table players. I guess you
1: did at the – but you didn't huh, Am- – No, we didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. The non-name – the names that we don't know now that could be in the top five big players, who do you think they are? I mean, you could say Amazon or whatever, or you can say – what the scenario is that you think someone could emerge and get involved. Look,
1: look, take every professional sports team in the country. They're going to be a big player. We're already seeing these partnerships develop – all the licenses in the state of Arizona, by the way, which is the newest state to pass sports betting, went to professional sports teams. Every single one of the licenses. For them to do it locally? For them to do it, give it to whoever they want, or run it themselves, or do what they want to do with it.
0: So they get to... Li- so, like, the Arizona Cardinals have a license then? Yes. And they,
1: in theory, they'd find an operator like MGM did... To come in, run it, build books in their stadium, run their mobile app, yes.
0: So what I believe, it's my speculation that we're going to have this early adopter type battle tussle someone someone's going to win someone's going to get consolidated and then i think amazon apple youtube
1: apple for sure
0: because there's, because think about it. You're watching the game, in-game betting. Obviously, the future monster in theory. Now, you were kind of pessimistic about that. Have you evolved on that? Because American sports happening so fast. You thought.
1: But... I do think micro betting has grown in leaps and bounds. The you're idea. Two bucks on a bunch of things. I just want to bet a bunch of things. I want to bet LeBron to score this, Anthony Davis to grab this many rebounds. I want to bet the Lakers in the first almost like quarter. Video, almost like video poker. Yes. Every couple seconds, you're getting wins. You're but getting the losses. idea of in-play betting yet yeah, the the, the sync. Problem still hasn't been solved. The idea that I'm watching a show and my betting app, I know if they're gonna hit a three or not coming down because the odds moved on my betting app, makes it a poor customer experience. Did I And even at the end of the day, I don't think that US sports, unlike soccer and tennis, which are the main sports bet on in these European markets, where in play is 70%. They're not basketball, hockey, these up and they're not made for in-play betting at 70%. We don't have one nil games as, you know. You Thank re- God. Yeah. So I don't think, I think, look, it could get to 25, but I don't, and we don't, they don't all have to be in play. Mm-hmm. There's a 100 micro bets you could make before the game or at halftime. I guess my thought is the interface that you're
0: watching the game on, whoever controls that interface, yes. like YouTube Red or whatever, is going to let you then integrate betting. If right? they
1: can sync it up.
0: Yeah, have you heard? Of, did I? I don't remember. Did I CC you on this or not? Is the hot mic? Yeah, you see that? That's gonna be interesting. I we'll think.
1: see if it all works. A uh, lot of people have said they solved that sync issue. We'll see if they can.
0: Yeah, and what we're thinking of doing um, is for like a test on a Monday night game is actually have you know commentate. We can have a separate simulcast. It's effectively
1: with pregame guys commentating for media it works yeah but for the betting app they need to change odds in real time as they happen not wait you know so you can sync it
0: and there's a lot of and let's be candid the way these feeds work which blew my mind when I started here understanding these the NFL themselves are selling feeds that are on no delay mm-hmm. to the books for hundreds of thousands a month. Yes. It's big. Well, money. They
1: don't directly sell them. Oh. They use the right now it's genius sports. It was sport radar.
0: Yeah. So someone buys the rights for it, Yes, that's to me, that's the same thing we're going to see with gambling. Apple's not going to take bets. No. Apple's is going to make a deal with someone else is taking the bets, but effectively Apple's making their percentage of the money. Yes. All right, guys, this was a niche podcast. It's Matty Holt. And all joking aside, Matt knows this is a guy that, that spent years and years behind the counter, but he was amongst that scummy group generally. He was great. Scummy strong, cockroachy group, I'll say. But that, you think there's so many of those guys that try to be extra sharp and they're trying to figure out this system, that system. At a certain point, you're dealing with decimal points. He said, I'm going to learn something new. Went, started a business, Integrity company. Now he's a power broker going around. You want you ever <laughs> see Gordon Gecko? It's kind of like Gecko, just his hair is not quite as good. He's got no. good hair, but not <laughs> Gecko hair. We'll do this probably once every six weeks or so, keep you guys updated. Remember, that's usintegrity.com. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Mackenzie maybe will help me a little bit. We'll see. On about 25 hard minutes on the schedule. Remember, subscribe or you're going to miss out. Subscribe or lose. Talk to you soon.